You know, prayer, when we, when we, when we talk about prayer, we tend to um, focus or our first thought is on talking to God, right? Um, but prayer was never designed to be a one-way communication. Prayer is a conversation, not a monologue. And so today I want to talk about the other side of prayer, the, the, the receiving, the listening, the, the hearing. We talk, you hear a lot about that, that idea of hearing the voice of God. And uh, I don't know if there's another subject that we all agree is, is important. And on some level, almost all Christians agree that it, it, it is a real thing, it is an important thing. It is also a, a thing where I think we are one of the it's one of the topics we are most divided on, as far as how does that happen? How often does it happen? How can it happen? Who does it happen to? Uh, how specific? And what are the ways that it can happen? Right? The, the, we all have our our, our ideas, um, and so today my, my, our focus is going to be. Um, I, I think on on a foundational level, I want to build a case. Um, I want to convince us, you know, you have to start at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. I heard that somewhere. Um, and so we're going to start with, with just the, the foundations of communication with God. And that starts with understanding and truly believing that, well, for one, it's the way it's supposed to be. That God wants to talk to you. God wants to communicate with you as an individual. God wants to communicate with me. Uh, everybody say it. Say, God wants to communicate with me. That is, that is, a, that is the foundation. You will never, you will never get anywhere in, in any conversation with anybody uh, until you believe that part of it, right? Um, Anybody have a, a, a friend, a coworker, or someone that that um, you you just come to the realization that they don't actually listen to you when you talk to them? How's that conversation go? Right? You avoid those people like the plague. You don't want to have that conversation because you're wasting your time, right? And, and so we have to we have uh, it, it starts with understanding and having a deep belief that God wants to communicate with us. John chapter 10 um, and verse 24 says, The people surrounded him, Jesus, and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replied, I have already told you, but you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. In verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So if you're a believer today, you are a sheep following the good shepherd. We ha he says, if you are a sheep, you what? You listen to his voice. It's not only possible, it's a defining characteristic of the follower of Jesus that they would know his voice. We see this even in the Old Testament. This was, this was an expectation. In Joel chapter 2 Verse 28 says, then after doing all those things, I, God, will pour out my spirit upon all people. 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike. When we talk about dreams and visions and prophecy, that is, what, what is that? That is nothing more than God communicating. And the verse starts, he says, after doing all those things, all those things have happened. <laughs> We're not going to go into a list of what those things are, but we are in that day um, that Joel prophesied about. And one more verse to just to kind of solidify this idea. Revelations chapter 3, verse 19. I correct and I discipline everyone I love. Not super warm and fuzzy, but definitely communicative relational talk, right? You can't, you can't discipline, you can't correct somebody if you're not in communication with them. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, and then here, here's, just listen to, listen to the, 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 the tone of this. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. God's heart for his relationship with you is, is to share a meal together as friends. That is, that is the ultimate in, in, in communication. To sit down, share a meal, share life. Talk to each other, swap stories. God wants to communicate with you. And I use the word, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but I, I, I'm using the term communicate more than talk intentionally because I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think some of the time um, we get hung up on that idea of God talking to us, God speaking. And, and I think it's somewhat limited because when we talk about talking, we think very narrow, right? Someone using their, using their mouth. And God is, is so much bigger and so much more creative than that. That God, God will not be limited to one little narrow thing um, to, to get our attention, to communicate to us. And so there are a lot of different ways that we'll talk to touch on later uh, that, that God communicates to us other than just speaking. So we, we, we see here that God wants to communicate to us. But what does he want to communicate to us about? You know, it's important that we understand what it is that he wants, the types of things that he wants to say that's going to help prepare us to, to be listening, right? It's, if you're ready for the conversation, if you know what kind of conversation somebody wants to have with you, it's a lot easier to have that conversation. So what, what does God want to communicate to us? And I think there's, there's three um, I'm going to give you three verses, each one kind of highlighting a different uh, common, co common area that God, topic that God wants to communicate to us on. First one is John chapter 16. Sorry, verse 12, it says, There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. What does God want to communicate with you about? He wants to guide you. 
He wants, he wants to lead us. He wants to communicate his, his will for your specific life. He wants to help you make decisions. Because he has, he has vision that we don't, right? Obviously, God, God can see, uh, see down the road a lot further than we can. And he wants, to, he wants to communicate that to us so that we can live a, a productive life, so that we can live a life um, uh, greater than our own ability, right? If, if, we have a, if you have somebody that, um, anybody remember Back to the Future Part 2? Right? Biff was a really dumb guy. He was mean. He didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a lot of redeeming qualities, and his life played out that way, and he ended up as kind of a loser until what happened? Somehow he ended up with a book of a, a list of things that were going to happen in the future. And all of a sudden his life turned around because he had information that was beyond him that enabled him to have a life and make decisions that, that were uh, greater than his ability to do in himself. God wants to guide us. And, and I think we get that. I don't want to beat a dead horse because I think that when we talk about communicating with God, that's largely what we, we think of. But the reality is it's not the totality of what, what God wants to communicate. As a matter of fact, I would say it's not even the majority of what God wants to, what's, what he wants to tell you in your life. Romans 8 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit and he adopted you as his own children. We now call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. God wants to give us guidance in life. But I think even more than that, God wants to communicate, wants to tell you who you are. God wants to communicate your identity to you. And until you hear it straight from the horse's mouth, until you hear God tell you who you are, you're never going to know. You'll never truly know who you are. God wants to speak who you are in him to you. It's something that, that has to come from, from him to us. It's not something that we can, um, we, can, we can just figure out on our own. Because it's more than just facts. You know, it, it's deeper than that. And there is, there, we'll talk about this in a little bit. There, it's, when God communicates something, it's more than just about information transfer. God wants us to know our identity because much of, much, much, much of our lives, the guidance that he is providing, sometimes he has to guide us to things because, we, because we're not already acting out of our identity. Pastor Sam, who was the lead pastor here for, for many, many years, if, if you're newer, um, he had a saying, uh, if, you're, if you're an OGCA guy, person, you, you, you'll know this one. Um, when you know whose you are, you know how to act. 
Identity drives behavior more than anything else. And so when we talk about God communicating to us, we need to know, we need to be looking for, we need to be listening for our own identity. God, who, who is it that you're telling me I am? And I think it's so interesting in this verse where, where um, you know, Paul is writing and he's trying to encourage encourage the saints about this, this joining and, and, and that they're God's children and they're his heirs. But he ends this thought um, with this kind of like, it kind of feels like a left turn where he says, you know, if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. It's like, oh man, Paul, you're on such a roll. I was so excited about this verse. But you know, I, and I, I almost like was like, oh, maybe I just, I'll just, Stop halfway through 17. We'll just, fine, we'll just move on. Um, <laughs> but uh, the reality is that that's an, important, that's an important part of identity. And this isn't, uh, you know, germane to our, our, our outline today, but I felt like I, I did need to highlight this, that um, our identity is our identity because of who we are in Christ. And we cannot use circumstances to evaluate our identity. And I think that's part of what Paul's getting here. That we, he says, we must also share in his suffering. Suffering is coming, whether your identity is in Christ or whether you're doing it on your own. It is outside of... Um, it, it doesn't make a difference one way or the other. And, and it's important that we understand that. That so much of the time, because of our own kind of limited understanding of love and, um, and, and just relationships, we have this idea that, that uh, as soon as I experience suffering, I look for the reason and the, and, and the go-to reason must be either God's mad at me or I messed up. And the reality is the, the, the two are completely disconnected. Now, not that you making bad decisions can't result in suffering. I'm not saying that. That would be silly. What I'm saying is it's, it, the only way you're going to know is to go to God and get an actual answer because the event, the circumstance in itself doesn't tell you anything. The suffering itself doesn't tell you that you've messed up. The suffering itself doesn't tell you that you're doing it right. Some people, uh, you know, some people even have this, like, if I'm not suffering, I must not be in the will of God, right? Because, you know, God just wants, wants me to suffer. That's not right either. But God wants to con con convince us. He wants to communicate. He wants to tell you who you are. And this would clear up 80% of, of, of our, our guidance issues. When we, when we make decisions out of, out of an identity that is grounded in who we are in Christ, decisions come much easier most of the time. So he wants to guide us. He wants to tell us about our identity. And then uh, thirdly, uh, John 14, he says, I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, the peace of mind and heart. The peace I give, it, I give is a gift the world cannot give. 
So don't be troubled or afraid. Third thing, Jesus came to reveal and communicate himself. He came to to reveal who he is. God wants to communicate not just about us, not just what we should do, but he wants to communicate who he is. He wants us to know him. He will, says he will teach us everything and will remind us of everything he's told us. What has he told us? Well, he told us, he's told us the whole Bible. There's a lot there <laughs> about who he is. So that's what God wants to communicate, his guidance, his nature, and our nature. So that's the what. But why does he want to communicate it? What's the purpose of God communicating with us? I think there's a couple, and um, it's important that we understand why. You know, some of us, some of us, it's like vital. Some people, it's like some more black and white folks. You're like, just, just give me the list of the things I'm supposed to do, and I will do them. That's all I need. I just need a list. Life just needs lists. I exist to check things off my list. So if you give me a list, I will be happy. And then you have some other people, uh, more in my camp, where, you know, great list, beautiful. Why? Right? Why? I need a, I, this is, a, I, have, I have been blessed with a replica of myself in this regard, my son, uh, Cohen. You know, it is the answer to everything I tell him to do, right? Everything, everything we say we're going to do, the answer is always the same. Why? There's some of us that, that the why is the most important thing. You just can't get past that. So I'll give you a couple of whys uh, for, for those of us that need them. And the first one is simply this. Communication is the engine of transformation. Communication is the engine of transformation. When we hear from God... His word um, contains within it the transformational power of his creative nature. That sounds kind of eggheady. Let me see if I can say that a little simpler. Um, so one day there was nothing, and then seven days later there was there was everything. Right? How did that happen? God spoke. The only difference was his word. And that, doesn't, that hasn't changed in however long you think that ago that was. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get in that debate today. Um, but however long ago you think it was, it was his word that created. And it's not any different now. It's, it's God's word that contains the power for transformation. It's not just information. It's not, it's not just the way we, me and you uh, talk to each other. I can tell you something and, oh, that's interesting, yes or no. God's word, when God says something, when God communicates something, in the DNA of the thing is the power to accomplish the thing he's saying. And so it's, it, it's, it's vital for our, our lives, for our development, if we want to be transformed, we have to hear it directly from the, the horse's mouth. Many in this room probably have a, 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 a familiar story with their own journey in faith where, where uh, 
your, your faith was kind of secondhand for a long time. And you thought it was a genuine faith until you, until you had an actual personal encounter with the Lord where you actually heard him clearly and he spoke to your heart in a, in, a, in a way you had never experienced before and all of a sudden everything was different. Everything made more sense. There was a power behind it than all of the other stuff, almost to the point where you, you're like, that, my, my faith almost wasn't, I don't even know if I had a real faith before this moment. it's better to follow God um, secondhand than not at all. But it's better to follow God firsthand. (laughs) It's better to get it straight from the horse's mouth. There is a a level of of the things... uh, the things that, that we see, that the, it's the impossible parts of, of Scripture, the impossible parts of, of our faith, of, of journeys we hear other people talk about that, that happen when we hear things firsthand versus secondhand versus we just, we read it somewhere and I think I believe it or I'm trying, I choose to believe it versus I've experienced that. God spoke that to me. I know that that is what it is. Um, Rome, so, how, so transformation, what does God want to transform? What does he want to transform? All of us. Spoiler alert, all of us. Every part of us, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we see that in Scripture, Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. He says, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's the transformation of the mind. God wants to communicate to us in a way that transforms our mind. That, that Look, then we will learn, not just... Not just uh, just learn how to hear him, but learn to know God's will for your life. Not just his voice, but also learn to know his will. We learn, we can learn to think like him. The better you know someone, the less you need them to tell you what they think. Right? If you've been married for 10, 15 years... There's a, there's a whole lot less questions you have to ask when, you, when, when, when your, your spouse than when you first got married, right? When it comes to, to their, their opinion on things, right? If you've been married 15 years, 80% of the time, you got it, right? <laughs> you know what they're going to think about this thing or say about that thing or, you know, you're in the... the, the the, the grocery store, you know, you know what milk not to get. You know? How is that? Because we, we, we've learned to know people. We've learned to know their will. We've learned to know what they're like. The same, the same way uh, 
can be true of God. It's as we hear his voice, as he, as he guides us, as he leads us, as we, we hear him tell us who we are and we begin to see firsthand who he is, we learn to know his will. We learn to identify it. We learn to say, oh, that's a, that's, that's a God kind of thought. Or we see something playing out, some circumstance playing out, and we can't really put our finger on exactly why, but it just, it just seems like God is in this somehow. Or we see something happening and we just know that God is not in that, right? We, learn to, and we can learn to anticipate his, his opinion. Now listen, I, I, here's where we get in trouble though. We make strides towards this as God transforms us and sanctifies us and all these things. And sometimes we make the mistake of, of thinking or getting out of the practice of communicating back. We think, oh, just because we know, then now we don't need to have a conversation anymore. That's not the purpose. That's not the purpose of this. The purposes of this, it's not to replace us needing to hear his voice or, or communicate or have a conversation with him. It's meant to speed up the conversation. Have you ever uh, worked with somebody uh, on a project or something where you were kind of the new person and the other people in the group have been together for like ever? And they have this like shorthand, you know, and, and they're, they come together. What do you think we should do about this thing? And one guy's like, oh, I think we should, you know, we should do the burnout. And then the other guy's like, oh, like we did last Thursday. And then the, the other guy's like, oh, no, no. Remember Boston? 20? Okay, cool. Everybody got their parts? Great, go. And you're standing there going, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know anything you people just said. How is that possible? Because they have this history. They, they've built up all of this language, this shorthand. And it's not that they don't communicate to each other. It's that they're able to do it quicker. It's that they're able to, to, to do, it so, do it fast enough that they can move on to other conversations. This is, this is the point of that. that God, God wants to get us to a place where we, we, the more that we, we can identify him, the more we learn to see his types of thoughts, the more our minds are transformed like him, not so that we have to talk to him less, but so that we can talk to him more deeply. Because we don't have to have the same conversations over and over and over again. Because we, we get it. We can, we can now go into the, to another deeper uh, conversation that would just take too long if we had to do this every time. He wants to transform our minds. But that's not all he wants to transform. Philippians 4, um, starting in verse 6, says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. The peace, his peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds. He wants to not just transform our mind, he wants to transform our emotions. Communication with God can move our emotional anchor from circumstances to his character. When we are in communication with God, the greater we are in communication with God, the more the, 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 the anchor of our emotions becomes his character and not circumstances. Where what is happening doesn't have to control or have final say over what we feel. 
Now, it doesn't mean that we don't, we don't feel anymore. It doesn't mean we're not sad. Jesus wept. It, doesn't, it means we're sad, but it, doesn't mean, it means we don't lose hope. It means that those emotions don't have to define, we don't have to get stuck in that emotion, and it doesn't have to define our actions anymore. Jesus wants to, trans, in our communication with him, he will transform our emotions. Where they, they are not leading us around, but his spirit is leading them around. So he wants to transform our, our mind, our will, or our emotions. And then in Galatians 5, starting verse 17, he says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what, the, of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. What's it talking about here? Transformation of the will. What you want. The more we, we hear from the Lord, the more... Um, we communicate with him, the more he's actually able to transform our desires. The things that we want will actually change. You know, there's that, that verse, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. A lot of people, we read that and go, oh good. So if I'm, so if I, you know, if I praise real hard on Sunday, then God's gonna, you know, and I, maybe I'll, I'll get my, my, my Lexus on, on Monday. Right? Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. God, I really want Alexis. No. Saying delight yourself in the Lord and your desire for the Lexus will change. (laughs) He will literally change the desire. This is a vital truth to embrace because it brings us so much hope that the thing I'm struggling to do today out of obedience can become the thing I do out of joy tomorrow. That I don't have to, <coughs> I don't have to resign myself to the fact that this thing that I know that I'm supposed to do, that I'm fighting tooth and nail to try and accomplish right now, the sin I'm trying to overcome or this discipline I'm trying to, to put into my life, I, I can believe that as I communicate with God, there could be coming a day where I can't imagine a day that goes without it. It's like getting in shape, I've heard. Uh, (laughs) No, I've gotten in shape before. I'm in shape now. It just happens to be round. (laughs) Uh, But when you get in shape, when you first start out, it's horrible. (laughs) When you're out of shape and you're trying to get fit, it is those initial first weeks. Oh, man, I remember a number of a number of years ago, me and my friend Ben, we were, hadn't, both of us, like, way, way, way out of shape. We used to be athletes in high school. We were friends in high school, and this was, this was long after that. Um, and so we decided, he was living with me at the time, so we decided we were going to do P90X. You guys remember P90X? And you know what? We did it. We did two whole rounds of it, consecutive, one after the other. And, and by the end, we were in phenomenal shape. 
best shape I'd been in in probably 10 years. And we enjoyed doing it at the end. It was fun. We were laughing. We were doing all this, you know, fun stuff. But the first month? The first month was really more us laying on the floor watching a DVD <laughs> than it was us actually working out because, you know, it was like an hour long, it was like a 90-minute workout, and by minute 12, we were both like, you know, just can't move muscles, puddles of sweat. But over time, day after day, our, 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 our desires changed. Our, our enjoyment of this increased. It's the, the, the same with, with our desires when we communicate with God. God can change our appetite so that the things that right now uh, we, we, we struggle and we're not even being maybe very successful at, that if we'll spend time, if we'll communicate with God, he can transform our wills so that, that that thing, that same thing becomes a source of life and enjoyment for us. And that's exciting. That's exciting. All right. Um, I'm not going to get through all this today. So we're going to, I think we're going to, I think we'll do it. We're going to come back to this topic, not tomorrow, because you guys won't be here. (laughs) Next week. and so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna skip this next part. Uh, let's see. Okay, we're just gonna I'm gonna, we'll close with this. <coughs> Not that. Um, you know, a lot of times when we talk about hearing from God, communication with God, uh, there's a, a big emphasis, emphasis, and rightfully so, on on the how. How to do it? How do you do it? What's the right way to communicate with God? What's the right way to hear God? What are the wrong ways to hear God? And there's definitely value in that. In fact. That's the part I kind of skipped over. We're going to talk about more next week. Um, but I, I, I want to end our time today on, on focusing on something more important, I think, than the how. And it's, it's the who. Who hears from God? What, what type of person hears from God? See, if you, if you, if you are the right type of person, the what, the how to do it, you can kind of fumble, you, you, you can fumble through. You'll figure it out. God will be able to lead you to that. But if you're not the right type of person, it doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to be at a loss. So what, what's the type of person that hears from God? I just had four characteristics um, that, that I, I think uh, stood out as I was praying um, the type of people hear from God. First is that, the, um, that they're humble. They're humble people. What does that, what do we mean by that? That they, you are someone who understands that you need to hear from him. You understand that, that, that there is a need within you for God to communicate to you. Humble, being humble also means that you understand that we, as Paul said, we see through a mirror darkly. That, that God is going to communicate to us, but we need to have the humility to understand and, and be open-handed with that communication. That you're not going to hear it right every time. You're going to need some other people around to help you. That, that 
you could be wrong about what, you're, what, what you think God is communicating. The only thing more dangerous than somebody who, who uh, doesn't ever hear from God is somebody who is convinced they always hear from God. So we need to be humble. Second characteristic of a person that hears from God is they are faith-filled. They are faith-filled. What does that mean? So they are someone that believes that God wants to speak, that God wants to communicate with them. They have faith to believe that. They are convinced that God is communicating. God wants to communicate with them. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning. You, we, if, you don't, if we don't have that belief, if you don't have that, that belief that God wants to and is communicating with you, you can have all the hows, you know, read every book on the how, it doesn't matter. Because it's only through faith that we please God. So we need to be faith-filled. That's faith-filled. Number three is we, we have to be, uh, the type of person that hears from God, you have to be faithful. Faithful, what does that mean? Someone that regularly invites Jesus to speak and then listens. Faithful. You regularly give him the opportunity to communicate. You're looking for it on a regular basis, on an intentional basis. That it is, it, you, you cultivate a life that, that has within it patterns and rhythms of listening. Faithful also means that you're someone that does what they are supposed to do when they hear something. We'll get into next week about some of the things that hinder Hinder the voice of God in our lives. But, but lack of faithfulness is on that list. Spoiler alert. God is, is, is efficient in his communication. And he's patient. And sometimes he's not saying anything because he's waiting for you to do the last thing he told you to do. If we want to regularly be in communication with God, we have to be faithful people. We have to be a person that will be faithful to do what, what they were told. You know, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew understanding, you know, in the Old Testament, it, taught, it used that phrase, hear, O Israel, um, a lot. Um, in, in the Hebrew understanding of, of hearing, um, and this was with God or with each other, uh, you didn't... Nobody, someone didn't hear you until they, until they, they acted on it. So, like, when I tell my kids, um, come downstairs, in, in the Hebrew understanding of hearing, they don't, they didn't hear me until their feet hit the first floor, Right? <laughs> It's, a, it's, it's, it's literally a part of the hearing process. And the same is, can be said to us, about us when it's talking about God communicating. We're not, if we're not obeying, we're not really hearing. So type of people that hear from God are faithful. And then the final, final one is uh, the type of people that hear from God are, are inquisitive they ask questions. 
They're looking for answers. It's it's so much easier to, to hear God communicate on a subject that you are actively um, that you are actively looking for an answer. You know, just like like in our own lives, it's a lot easier to communicate. With, <laughs> uh, it's like in my family, like Shannon Shannon has this thing where she like. No, like, I have to be looking at her when she's talking. Um, and rightfully, rightfully so, because a lot of times she's talking and I'm not listening. Um, why? Because if I'm not looking at her, she doesn't know if I heard it or not. It's easy that communication happens face to face. When you turn away from somebody, they may or may not be listening. Being inquisitive, it means we're turning our face to God. We're asking the question, God, I don't understand this thing. God, I feel this way, and I don't think that that's right. What, what, how should I be feeling about this? When we ask the questions, we open ourselves up to the answers. But when we don't ask the questions, when we don't, when we don't put those to God, when we don't give him space to, to, to respond or connect with us or communicate to us, it takes a lot more to get our attention to answer the question. You know? You got to... I'm over here doing doing this thing, and you want to, you know, and and, uh, and say Eli wants to get all uh, get my attention. He's all the way over. He's got to yell or jump or wave his hands, right? Because I'm not. He's got to grab my attention. Whereas if he already has it, he can just talk. He can just speak. And God, God, you know, we, the Old Testament is full of these giant, amazing. Really cool, like crazy God moments, right? You know, he's catching bushes on fire. He's flooding the earth. He's, you know, opening up the earth. He's splitting seas. Like all this crazy big stuff. And sometimes I think we get it confused because all that stuff's in there that that's like how God communicates. The reality is that's how God communicates when we won't listen. That's how God communicates in the Old Testament before before Jesus comes, before he dies for our sins, before he unleashes the Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds and gives him direct access right to our hearts and minds. God will use the big circumstances, will do the crazy God things in our lives. But most of the time, he would prefer to just talk to you. We could avoid those. And in a lot of our lives, it's really, be really, really good if we would just hear him when he just speaks plainly. Because a lot of times, the circumstance that comes, the way he gets our attention later, uh, is less pleasant. Right? <laughs> it, it, it's a crisis. It's a, it, it's a thing that happened because, because, you know, oh God, how could you let this thing happen? He's like, I've been trying to tell you. You, you haven't been, you haven't, we haven't talked in six months. I'm sorry, I didn't get the chance to give you the heads up this was coming because we didn't get to spend any time together. That's the type of person that, that hears from God. Humble, faith-filled, faithful, and inquisitive.
And so the question I'll, I'll leave you with this, this morning um, is simply, is there one of these qualities that you need to work on? Is there an area, are, 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 is, is there an area that you would say, man, I, I, I need to get better at that? I don't, I don't know that, I don't know how, I, I, do I really believe that God is communicating or wants to communicate something to me? Am I, am I really that faith-filled that I believe he wants to speak? Am I humble? Do I, do I really know that I know that I need to hear from God? Or is it just this good thing, I'm a Christian, yes, that would be, that would be awesome. You know, icing on the cake, but I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. I'm pretty smart. I've got the, I, I, you know, I, I know, I basically, I know what the Bible says. I know how to be a good person. I'm, I'm good. Are you inquisitive? Are you, you, you asking questions? Is part of your, your connection, your, your prayer time with God, you giving, you giving him, uh, asking him questions, giving him opportunity to, to, to respond, to communicate to you? I'm just going to take a minute and give you, just give you a second to kind of evaluate in your own heart and mind. And um, then we're just going to, we're going to pray. Um. Father, like David, we say, search us. God, show us any area of our life that's hindering our ability to to connect with you, to communicate with you. God, we want to hear your, your, your voice in our lives, one-on-one. Lord, if there's anybody here that, that, that is struggling with the, the, just the belief that you want to, to connect, that you want to speak, that they can hear from you firsthand, Pray that, Holy Spirit, would you just touch them now? Would you, would you give them the, the faith that, that, that they need to believe? Lord, this week as we go about our week, would we... Would you... Call us to listen. God, I pray for everyone here that as we pursue you this week would, would hear your voice, would, would sense your communication in, a, in a, a deep way.
God, we don't want to be secondhand Christians. We want, to, we want to be people that have a vital, personal, intimate relationship with you. God, that we, we're doing what we're doing and we're saying what we're saying because we know it, it, it's what you are calling and what you are, the marching orders that you've given us individually as a person. Not just something some, some preacher said that's what you said to do. Lord, we thank you. God, we're humbled by, by, by just the, the fact that you, you even know who we are, let alone want to talk to us. That you care about us so much that you have, have things to say to us as individuals. So we open our, our hearts, our minds, our, our, our emotions, our wills, and we say, have, have them, God, transform them, make us more like you. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless. See you next week.